success on your own terms. The show that dives into everything that society tells us not to do. It's time to forget all of your ideas of success and break free from restrictive social norms, starting with today's show. Join Elizabeth Houghton as she explores practical ways to find success on your own terms. Elizabeth is no stranger to being trapped by social norms, but she found his sudden full potential to motivate and mentor others to make a positive change in their life. Each episode, Elizabeth will sit down with trailblazing guests who created their own path to success. It's time to be inspired. You'll now be joined by your host, Elizabeth Houghton. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I hope you are well. Thank you ever so much for tuning back in today to this podcast. I am joined by Odessa today. And Odessa and I have had a very interesting relationship on LinkedIn over the last couple of months. So uh, I came across Odessa when she was actually looking for work on LinkedIn and just her energy comes through her page. I think she does like, you know what her personality is about. It's kind of infectious and you can't not follow her stuff. And I thought, what a great opportunity to get someone onto this podcast to talk to us about her journey. And her journey has been not all good, unfortunately. Um, I think we've all struggled with different things through COVID. But for Odessa, she actually lost two jobs and then took to finding her feet on LinkedIn and TikTok. So welcome ever so much, Odessa. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks for a super intro. <laughs> You're most welcome. Um, <laughs> so what was it? Like, I know you went through, was it two redundancies <laughs> that you went through during that very short period of time? Actually, um, so both of the situations were more of a job fit. I think it was where um, certainly the first position uh, regrettably didn't work out. There was a few things that, you know, I was under a lot of pressure struggling with the workload and wasn't getting on particularly well with my manager and um, with the second it was kind of expectations outside of my skill set um, I was really grateful to be given the opportunity to work with um, the people that I worked with I met some amazing people um, great teams and support and I think it was just it got to a point with both those roles where um, and it's actually something my new employer um, had mentioned to me in our journey is that if a job doesn't work out, it's usually that at some point in the process, somebody wasn't being honest or somebody wasn't really revealing either themselves or as an employer. And I think in both of those roles, I had distinctly become unhappy. I wasn't enjoying the work or I was struggling or dreading going to work next morning. And it got to a point where I said, I don't want to work unhappily anymore. I don't want to have these feelings and to be constantly picking things apart. So so unfortunately, yeah, I put those both down to job fit. I think the pressure of COVID didn't really help anybody um, in, in kind of holding things together. And we had kids at home and everything else like that. So we were constantly juggling. But yeah, it was definitely a job fit situation. And that, I love what your current employer has said around it's about someone not being honest. So I have over a decade in HR management and recruiting and all of that stuff. And it is so true. I think that <clears throat> I've worked with employers that will say stuff because mm. it sounds good. Like it's a buzzword. It's a thing that you're supposed yeah. to say in an interview, right? You're supposed to say you're really flexible and you understand that mm. people have family and you know, you're not actually gonna need to work overtime because we get the importance. The reality is 
somewhat different or yeah, when you get in the door but they say they've picked up all of this stuff I don't know what it is because mm-hmm. they work in the organization they know what the organization is like but they've picked up all of these mm-hmm. little buzzwords they're like this is what candidates want to hear so we're going to tell them mm-hmm. and then candidates also come to the process not necessarily realizing it's a two-way street <clears throat> yeah, not all absolutely. organizations are equal not mm. all organizations are made the same and it's just as important for that candidate to come in with their list of questions and start grilling mm. the interview panel like it yeah. is a two-way process and I feel that that doesn't really happen or it doesn't mm. happen as much as I would love it because <clears throat> at the end of the day you're matching <clears throat> with people but also to yeah. an organization and when both parties aren't being open and asking lots of questions yeah yeah. yeah and I and I'd and I'd say so I've sat on the recruitment side of it and I sat on the candidate side of it and I think when you're when you're a candidate looking for a job you don't want to be on the market for very long the the career panic sets in when you're thinking you've got bills to pay and and how long is this onboarding process going to take and how long is it going to do this and how really long is it realistically before I get my first paycheck and I think you do this tremendous job of trying to build yourself up and actually make yourself the perfect candidate. You know, they say, do you need flexible working? And you're worried that if you say, yes, I do, they're going to say, well, I'm sorry, this isn't the job for you. So you feel this incredible pressure to jump through hoops for people and to say the right things. It's kind of like trying to pass one of the exams here where you've got a six mark question. You've got to hit all these particular goals to, to get your full marks. And I think we're, we try so hard to be what the employer thinks we are and we're so desperate to make them like us and say yes we're going to give you an offer that we forget that actually it's just as important as you said that the that the company is right for us we come become afraid to ask these questions to delve a little bit deeper and find out more about the organization and actually if they can get away with not giving you flexible hours of course they're not going to if they can they can sort of lead you down the path of you know, got to meet business needs or we'll try and help you, but you've got to be around for our customers and stuff like that. You might get into that organization and actually there'll be four or five people who always leave at three or, you know, there'll be people who work from home some days because they've got kids at home. And actually, had you have maybe stood your ground a bit more, you'd have found that there's a possibility that there was that kind of flexibility for you. But we all we so often just forget, you know, give it all up and and just hope that they'll like us. Because <laughs> we get stuck in this scarcity, don't we? we get, mm. Especially if we're not necessarily out of a job, but I do think if you're already out of a job, there is that pressure of, oh, can't be on the job market too long. It doesn't look good on my CV. I can't yeah. have this gap. Like we've been told all this stuff, right? That mm. it doesn't look good to have a career gap. Why the hell not? Clearly you're doing yeah. a lot of growth and learning and exploration when you're on a career gap. You are sitting with yourself all day. You are learning a lot. Yeah. But we get told, we've been told it's not a good thing. And we've been yeah. told it's easier to go from job to job instead of having a gap. And yeah. we take that all on and we end up in this real scarcity, fear mindset. And we do, we change and adapt mm. and say what we think people want to hear instead of sitting back and going, if this job is right for me, I'm going to get it because I am unique. I am me. I am yeah. the only person that can do this job in the way I am going to do it. Yeah. It's not that someone else can't do the job. It's just you're you. Mm. <laughs> you're the only person that can be <clears throat> And that's either going to fit or it's not going to fit. But we get too caught up in the, yeah. us fit because yeah. we've got bills to pay, right? And we get yeah. more uncomfortable in that situation. And 
Yeah. Even and then if you're in a job that you hate, that you loathe, and that you're, you know, going to work crying every day or whatever it may be, mm. it's not the fear mm. of not being able to pay your bills. It's the fear of how long are you physically going to be able to continue yeah. doing that mm. before something breaks. And I think, and, and that's a really interesting point that you make because in both of those positions, it got to the point where my I felt like my manager was trying to humiliate me or there were meetings where I'd come out crying because I could not deal with the pressure and I'm normally a pretty level-headed individual and it was actually one of my colleagues who who turned around he was seeing what was going on he said look if you don't do something soon you're not going to be able to continue at all like this is going to break you this is going to become a problem for you because you know you you cannot physically work any faster or any harder you're exceeding the targets that you were given and um and unfortunately because I'd made a complaint or because I had issue with what um what the workload was being given um it was almost felt like a reason was found to get rid of me because I wasn't just conforming to the role it was we hired you for this purpose we told you what this would include you've just got to be able to get on with it and you kind of then made feel guilty because you're like well I should be able to do this everybody else in this role previously has been able to do this and um again going back to the whole transparency and honesty thing that I was actually the first person to go into the the job that I got at the end of the year I was the first person to have that type of role for a very long time so I was told I'd sort of carve it out so to then be told well you need to be able to do this because other people have been able to do this actually you'd gone against what you'd offered me you you'd given me sort of three weeks to get to do get to grips with the system and learn everything that we do and then it was you know two months of well just just get on with it and adding more and more that actually when I was hired that wasn't discussed at all so it's just that sort of moving the goalpost because if an employer and it's and the unfortunate situation we've seen it many many times where if an employer thinks that they've got a hard-working individual they'll keep moving that goalpost because that person they can tell is vulnerable or insecure enough where they are going to kill themselves just trying to make you happy to try and meet or exceed those goals and it was only when I started to sort of step back and actually losing my second position um, for again very strange reasons that I actually sort of sat back and think do you know what we're totally manipulated in this sort of cycle of fear especially if you're looking for jobs during COVID um, where businesses aren't doing very well and, and everyone's out of work so you feel like you've got so much more competition for that one role and in actual fact um, you know it could have still worked to your advantage but they're just moving the goalpost all the time and and I think we've talked about it and I've talked with a few people about the transparency in the recruitment process um, whereby you know actually it's more important that as a candidate you have those list of questions um, because you have every right to ask that person where you stand and and almost you kind of get to this really jaded situation where you want everything in writing because the more you get stung and the more people overextend that job role, the more you're like, can we just stick to what we actually agreed? <laughs> because it changes all the time. And it's been such a transformative period for so many businesses um, that I can understand why. But equally, um, we're still the same people we were pre-COVID. We still got the same limitations, 
same work-life balance requirements, if not worse, because if, if you've got kids at home. Um, and I think the whole thing is just completely out of control. We've lost the boundaries that were safe to work towards. Oh, um, yeah. It's a difficult time. Yeah, 100%. And like, I resonate with what you're saying so much. And two kind of stories are added in there. Of <clears throat> that thing of if you're a good, diligent worker and you always get your work done, you just mm. get given more. You're rewarded with more work. <laughs> that is not a reward for realizing I'm good at my job, but giving me more is not a reward. Like you still only have what you employ to work, what, seven hours a day outside yeah. the lunch break kind of thing. Like there is only so much you can do in that space. And Absolutely. I was talking with one of my girlfriends who still works in corporate. Um, and she was telling me a story of there's a newer person, a junior person in their team come in as admin and it's been picked up by senior people that this mm. girl is still on working at 10 o'clock at night. And that's the boundary blurring, right? So we wow. were working from home. So there is, there is a blur of boundaries in terms of if you work from home, you have to, I found, because I work from home, you have to be really set on when you're willing to work and when you're not willing to work, right? Yeah. And it got raised. So this got raised. It got picked up by senior staff members who were like, this is not great. She's been with us for a little while and she's working at 10 o'clock at night. That is not, she's also working all day. It's not like she's having a jolly in the middle of the day. Like she is working all day, right? And then the like GM turned around and said, at least she's due diligent and she's getting her work done. And I was like, sat here and an ex-HR person who's moved into the space you can't help it and and after yourself and I'm like that is the worst response a manager should be having a manager should be like oh what are we doing wrong what is the problem here because if she can't get the work done within this set time Mm. what's the cause of that Mm. and the cause of that should the answer should not be and I think the answer often comes to well the individual just can't do the job but do yeah. we track it back to actually we physically give people more work yeah. than is possible to get done? Like, are we yeah. doing time job measurement studies? Like, are we doing that? Yeah. Are we going, you know what? You know, yes, okay, it's an admin role and it's generally relatively simple, but all of that stuff takes time. It's not yeah. that it's necessarily overly complicated. Mm. There's a time element to it, right? Yeah. But yeah, and I, leaders are like, oh, it's great. They're, they're doing yeah. extra work. It's amazing. No, no, we're people. We break. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting point that you make um, that actually it's due, due diligence or this person's really conscientious. Isn't yeah. that an amazing work ethic? And almost rewarding that, that, that almost state of self-abuse that, you know, this person is, and then what do you have other people in the workforce who then start following suit because that's the standard? Or, you know, if you're saying this lady was quite new in the organisation, I've been there, and you're trying so hard to prove the reason why this person has hired you, you you feel like you have to earn your place there to meet up with everybody who was already working there, who had all the time in the world pre-COVID to learn their roles. So, you know, they weren't thrust in this working from home situation and all the changes in culture that happened with it. And and you're trying so hard to, to prove yourself that, that you make it completely unrealistic. Mm. And I've seen so many posts from people in HR and, and various things, you know, saying, 
what do you think about working from home when you're unwell and a lot of people think well I'm at home and I'm more comfortable so I'll just get on with it because I'm not going to spread it to anyone else so it doesn't matter and you're thinking actually no if you're sick and you're too sick to work then that's the same whether you're at home or in the office and somehow that blur that sort of line of standard just keeps moving and yeah. and people are so afraid to ask what is rightfully theirs you know the the chance to heal over an illness or yeah. something like that it is crazy it's an interesting one because I was having that conversation about sickness with my husband he's been at home but they're starting to go back into the office in loads of people went in last week and they were all sick so like basically the whole team got sick right like <laughs> the minute they came in bits <laughs> uh, of covid go to work when you've got the sniffles it is just the sniffles but yeah. like what um <clears throat> And I was, I thought like, it'd be really interesting to see the stats on now that there is more work from home and that's kind of in every country, like that is a universal thing now. Like we are working, has the amount of six days reduced? And Mm. then, yes, I get it. If you're sick, you're sick. But I also um, get it from a personal level of when I was in corporate in commuting, I would commute on a train for over an hour and 20 each way wow so if I felt ill <laughs> that thought of standing at a train station at 6 a.m in the morning but when it's raining and in and didn't necessarily have to do that I may have felt more comfortable working from home because yeah. you don't have all of that so I think if you're genuine like you're genuinely sick either way like mm. you are sick mm. but if you feel you can work from home because you then don't have that commute, mm. then do it. But if you're sick, still take the time. Don't feel like you have to be this master of, oh, but I get to be at home. No, no. Like if you were sick, actually <laughs> is a really good thing because that is what your yeah. body needs and you're going to get over it so much quicker. <laughs> so yeah. it is, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Of that, mm. if you work from home, can you take a sick day? Well, yes, because if you're sick, you're sick. But yeah. at the same time, I do understand if you're someone who has a commute or a longish commute, mm. then maybe there is a difference between being too ill to go to the office and actually being too mm. ill to work. I'm not. No, absolutely. It's, it's an interesting one. And I think also moving on the same sort of lines where COVID has affected things. Um, you wrote a few interesting um, articles recently on LinkedIn about the changes to careers and the kind of excuses that people come up with and anyone who was working in hospitality had if they wanted to get paid had to move into other industries and and people when I was going through my recruitment process were asking why do you want to work in work in sales people fall into these positions they don't ask to be in there and and I said well if you look at most people's work history especially over COVID you've got people who came from a restaurant and have moved into just about any job that they could find you know I've worked in I'm fairly confident most industry I've been in recruitment I've been in HR I've worked in a call center I've worked in complaints I've worked in banking I've worked in <laughs> leisure I've done a bit of childcare. I've done all sorts of things and I think um we're constantly you know as an academic nation or as a schooling system it's always pick your one path pick your subjects go to uni that mm-hmm. that's you for the rest of your life um and you spoke quite a lot about that fear and the excuses that people put up when they're talking about these career changes and and actually sometimes there's nothing wrong with 
complete and again it's that whole cv appearance situation where you're like oh you worked in hr why aren't you going back to hr and it's like because i have the right to do something different and and if it's not working for you there's nothing wrong with it i mean coming back from three maternity leaves i've ended up changing roles because the one wasn't there or um i felt like trying something different because especially if you're not totally in love with what you're doing all the opportunity just isn't there you know you're your your requirements of flexibility don't fit the sector that you're going into you have to be able to adapt and actually there's there's something quite liberating in trying your hand and turning your hand at different things and seeing which fits you best because at different parts of your life you will develop different skills and experiences will shape and change you and the role that you were in three years ago that's making you miserable when you don't want to get in the car to go in your commute and you sit outside crying before you go in the office because you're fed up you don't have to live like that. You can just walk away from it. And there's so much fear either to change career path or even just to say to your employer, I'm not happy and I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not, there are things in my everyday role that I don't like that are making me as a person, me with my mental health, I am feeling unwell. There is something not right here. And I think we've all been in roles where we've sat here and I was like, and I've said it countless times, I said, I can't put my finger on it, but something is making me unhappy. Something makes me feel lost. Something makes me feel unfulfilled. And it's and it's having that bravery. And sometimes, you know, with people like yourself, where you need somebody to stand behind you and say, no, no, it's OK. Go and be happy. Have a little try. And if it doesn't work, no big deal. But you tried it because we're so afraid. We are we're so afraid. afraid of it's it's so what we want. It's so weird. I think I did a video on it actually. Yeah. The other day on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I talk, this is my bad. I talk about it a lot. But I did a video talking around kind of the ideal career path for you. And mm. so, like, I question whether or not there is an ideal career path because mm. we evolve and change as humans. So, mm. is one, is one the only thing? Who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think so because I'm not the same person I was when I was 21 and left uni, right? Like, I have yeah. learned so much. I've been exposed to so much. But also it's that thing of when we ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? And I'm sure the answer will be slightly different now with the younger generation to what it was when (laughs) we were there. But it's (laughs) lawyer, astronaut, you know, firefighter, policeman, right? Like it's a real traditional stuff. You know what it's going to be now though, don't you? You know what it's going to be now. It's going to be be... a YouTube producer, influencer, (laughs) like I know it's going to have changed, but we generally, we don't know what we don't know, right? And mm. the educational system, and it is what it is. It does, it does its job to a point, but it yeah. sets us up to be academic. It sets us up to go mm. into the traditional type of careers. And mm. I know it's changing, but that, that's, that's really what it does, right? It gives us the opportunity to go off to university and learn how to be a vet or a lawyer or whatever the hell it is we've yeah. decided to do and that's cool if you want to do that yeah but until you start getting into the workplace until you start networking with people and talking to people mm. you don't actually know what jobs exist and the sky is honestly the limit like if you can mm. dream a role it exists somewhere or you can create it and yeah. that's like thinking back around to LinkedIn that's why I love LinkedIn because you get yeah. to talk to all of these people and I meet people and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was a role. Like I 
stumbled across someone the other day and all they do is make LinkedIn banners. Amazing. Like graphic design. Yes, I know that exists. Yeah. But all this person does, their whole business is about making LinkedIn banners. They don't do any other form of graphic design. And I'm just like, Amazing. wow. And you like yeah. that? You find that really fun? That's fantastic. But we're not mm. told this stuff as we're growing up. Yeah. We're not told this stuff at uni or in our early 20s. Like it's our own exploration of the world and talking to people. But we get mm. pigeonholed as well, right? In terms of yeah. who you talk to, who you socialize with. Unless you constantly put yourself out there and yeah. constantly open yourself up to new uh, connections. You generally, you talk to the people you went to school with, you maintain mm. those friendships, generally speaking, unless you do what mm. I do and move to the other side of the world, you maintain yeah. that bubble, right? And then they go to work and you go to work and then you socialize with the people you're working with. So they're not doing anything different to what you can see. Mm. So how do you get out of that cycle and start going, there's a big world out there of all of these yeah. jobs and what some of it's going to work for me one of it won't and yeah like it's it's really interesting that you kind of touched on being unhappy and not fulfilled and not knowing why and yeah. having the confidence to have that conversation and it might not be that you hate your job it might not be that you hate yeah. the organization you work for it might just be one tiny 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 change that needs to happen mm. and all of yeah. a sudden you're going to be happy yeah but if you don't know how to have that conversation and you don't know how to figure out what that tiny thing is and it may be that you'd much rather mm. start work at half past eight than eight you know that that's pretty minute but that could revolutionize yeah. someone's morning right they get to have breakfast yeah. with their kids and they're not stressed mm. that could change the whole thing or it might yeah. be a task it might be you really hate that spreadsheet okay mm. can someone else do that or is there another way of doing it and it's yeah being brave to have those conversations mm. and I don't think there's many people yeah. in a corporate workplace that are willing to kind of like put their head above the parrot pit and go, hey, hey, can we have a chat about how you've yeah. designed my role? Because it really doesn't work for me. Like, yeah. it's scary doing that, really scary. Yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> another post that you put out, I think it was last week or earlier on in this week, wherever we are in the week, because actually LinkedIn's really a seven-day situation. now. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> what really does five days mean? Um, but you talked, I, I spent a long time reading the article that you put about self-sabotage mm. um, because I do this personally, like moving aside from career, I do this personally. I, you're always teetering on that side of humility where you think, somebody says something amazing about you and you're like, oh, really, I'm X, Y, and Z. Um, let me level the playing field for you. Let me, let me give you a more honest opinion of myself. And, and humility sits very closely on that fine line to self-sabotage. And the same thing applies when you take that into work. You know, somebody could be telling you you're right for this role or you could be doing this or have you considered this career path or do you want to move to China and, and hug pandas? Is that what you fancy doing? And we almost give people reasons as to why not. We stop, you know, we've all had these interesting prospects and put in front of us. I mean, I'd love the panda one. Um, <laughs> but when you look at it, like we're actually all at some point, given that we've had a thought or we think, do you know what, there's a gap here. There's a niche there. There's something I could really fill if I had the bravery and we just, and we sit there and we think about it more and more and we talk ourselves out of it. And we, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying it for six months. And if it doesn't work, then, then that's okay. Take a calculated risk and just, and give it your all and, and hope that it succeeds. But it's, you know, 
moving past those regrets and the what ifs and and actually giving it a try and um like you said linkedin's one of those amazing platforms where you will meet all sorts of people um but actually intrinsically we're all very much the same um unless you are very fortunate to meet somebody who loves their job and um, because we're all directed it feels like i'm going to go off tangent but you know the b movie have you seen the b movie yeah yeah where they're very much from day one they're like you're either going to be this 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 or this and you were born to do this so that's your only opportunity and if you didn't come from this particular background there's no way you're going to do the pollen jockey job or whatever else like that and you're just going to work in that job until you die and actually that film really resonated with me for many reasons <laughs> and my kids I'm like that they're going yes I agree with you yes Barry <laughs> and my kids are going like mum I don't get it like what's the problem but but actually, when when you're kind of just going through the motions and I've I've had messages from people saying I am miserable in my job yeah. and um, and the only one that's stopping them from getting out is them. Yep. The only the only person who is sabotaging their career prospects or snatching away their opportunity to be happy is them. And all it takes and this is what I'm saying now to everybody, all it takes is about half an hour on LinkedIn to start getting your profile up and running, you know, get rid of the the grey LinkedIn banner, put a moderately decent picture of yourself up, just start with a really terrible one if that's what it means, but like, but start investing in your page, and it was, when I'd lost my second job, it was when I was giving back the equipment, I sat in that car park, like, you know what, I built up a massive network, because I was told to, and because it looked good for a salesperson, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to sit in this car park, and I'm going to put my banner up straight away that I'm open to work, and I said, I'm not, I wasn't in a place where I could take rejection after rejection from job sites like Indeed, where you don't hear back from someone for two weeks or, and between the first job I lost and the second job I lost, it was only a week between losing one and being offered the other. And I said, you know what, if we can have that breathing space and I can wait for the right thing to come up, then, then let's give ourselves that that you know the ability to just come and see what happens in the network you know people are doing this on LinkedIn all the time by no means what I did was completely revolutionary um but let me test and see whether or not it works it obviously does and um and I sat there in the car park and I did it straight away I literally got out of the office got in my car and I was like right I'm updating my LinkedIn right now <laughs> and I just thought do you know what let's find you know all the you know when you're working you don't get the opportunity to network in the same way you can't you'll meet these interesting connections and and you're like oh I'm really sorry I'm in a nine till five have you got time in the evening can we do it after kids are asleep and actually um my my mindset had to change when actually normally when you're like as soon as you're out of a job you furiously apply for all these job boards and stuff like that and you feel this massive dread on your shoulders like you said about having gaps in employment and things like that and actually I just thought do you know what I'm just going to do it this way and I'll apply for a couple if they feel right mm. but the way I was using LinkedIn and the way that I'd started to see it work with the conversation I'd already generated was one network gets you closer to another network, which yeah. gets you closer to somebody who's got a job opening. And I knew getting into sales or anything of this nature where I didn't have experience, the only thing that was going to get me there was my personality. That's all I had. Uh, you know, you look at my CV, I don't have sales experience. And every role asks you to have sales experience. You always have to have experience in an industry that you're breaking into which is crazy because clearly at an entry-level position you don't have that experience no, no. and um and I just knew that and 
and certainly LinkedIn more than anywhere else was starting to become this is about you as a person getting yourself out there you know over the pandemic people's personal posts were what were really getting them traction and and generating leads into their business was getting to know the person behind the account um so I spent some time with a few different people on LinkedIn you know optimizing it and and just meeting people and networking kind of like we used to in the real world before COVID but these are people that I wasn't going to get a chance to meet you know we're just doing everything over zoom and it is incredible to see the generosity and support of certain people where they're just you know as soon as you put that open to work thing out there you get people going are you okay can I give you a hand with anything let's talk about your LinkedIn or have you considered doing video and I mean I've made some shocking attempts at video um I hate having it I hate doing the whole selfie thing um <laughs> And I joined TikTok because I thought that was probably the better way of doing it because you can edit it or filter it heavily or do music over it because I hate hearing my own voice for that length of time. Because let's face it, you do 30,000 recordings just to get one. Good oh, yeah, one. just to get one. Like, you put into one video. Wow. And, and by the end of it, you're no longer, oh, hi, it's me. And I'm coming from you. are like, hi, it's me. And this is what I've got to say. And I've got to say it in 30 seconds. And I have to do it perfectly. And my mouth has to be clear. And then I can put it out into the network. <laughs> You're like, do you know what? Now it's lost all the personality that I was trying to hope to achieve. And, and so I did ones with music and beard filters and all sorts of things. So I was like, do you know what? At this point, if I'm not attracting people because I'm talking about sector specific content, I might as well, just because people have said to me afterwards, like, you're actually crazy. But you, but, but you stopped and you looked because you saw me just losing it. <laughs> As the weeks went on, you were like, guys, guys, we need to give her attention. Otherwise, she might just do something mad. <laughs> She's standing there rocking with jazz hands and stuff. Give her a chance. But um, no, it's been a, it has been an amazing process. It has been really enlightening and actually... Um, because I'm able to give that kind of experience a lot of people are saying you know I've never given LinkedIn a chance but possibly I will now because it's not the stuffy beige business to business men in suits network that it actually used to be it's incredible it's evolved so much and it's really interesting someone put a post up on LinkedIn um probably overnight that I commented Mm. on this morning and it was talking about um whether or not you have the, the fear of putting content up and why you have the fear to put yeah. content up and there was a little poll and stuff and I just put on a <clears> comment because like none of the poll answers match me I put content up so yeah. it wasn't that I don't do it and there was no reason why I didn't do it like I just do it but yeah. I just put a comment on there mm. saying the LinkedIn community is incredible share your mm. stories oh, ask yeah. your questions share your problems someone someone yeah. will read it and someone will reach out and help you and it may not be someone you have ever met before yeah but they will like it's a genuine and I'm not saying it's all perfect like I've had horrible comments put on some of the stuff <laughs> I've put out there yeah. and I'm like okay and you know yeah. there is there is that trolling it's social media like that is still there but generally speaking if you put out something that resonates with people you've got a problem it doesn't even have to be looking for work it could be you're doing something at work and you don't know how to get your google sheet to do something you need it to do like just put (laughs) the question you're gonna have a hundred answers because some the community cares like it's it's very much although it is this social selling platform it's selling yourself I use it to sell my business and sell my services as a life coach and there are yeah. people on there that use it like that 
But there's also this outcry of people just genuinely wanting to help each other. Yeah, that's what that's I found incredible. amazing. Yeah. And that's what and you found, I, isn't it, through it? That absolutely. I mean, you do get some marriage proposals yes. and um, you definitely get some, some lurkers who are able to to extract so much detail from comments you put elsewhere there were people collecting details from things I was putting on other people's posts and creating this picture of me and I've had all sorts it's been crazy I think LinkedIn is the new tinder um if you don't get out anymore yeah uh, and, and you don't use tinder <laughs> like you're on one you might as well use it for both you know it's an innovation innovation but um it was it is incredible um the amount of support the fact that once you start you know conversing with people and finding out more about them and and actually when I started using it I was being told sort of um what I now love to hear this term of pitch slapping where you just go straight in pitch with everybody who replied to a dm and actually every time I did that I got are you married is the question as response <laughs> is that because people who do that continuously must be single or uh, I don't know what the connotation of that question was and where it came up but um when you start watching stuff about social selling and um it's an amazing resource because obviously for most people to give of their business or or to help you understand what they do they there's a vast amount of knowledge on there that's being shared for free you know people's opinions getting conversations started and um, I've got a couple of people, yourself included, where if I post something, there's almost immediate support unless you're asleep. Um, <laughs> I because... sometimes, right? I do <laughs> I mean, like, they're very short hours. Like, the next minute you're awake again, it's fine. But um, I just fa- I found it amazing how people were just like, let's just jump on a Zoom. I'm not in your sector of interest. I'm not in the role that you're looking at. Um, but let's have a conversation. And um, it was nerve wracking to start off with it. And, and actually the first person I did it with um, is a lovely guy who um, is currently looking for work himself. Um, and he said, actually, from the experience that you've had, I'm really surprised that you just agreed to jump on a Zoom with me. And I said, well, you've got to start somewhere. And I got a good enough vibe from you that I could trust you. And this is totally out of my comfort zone, but you have to start somewhere. And, um, and this particular gentleman, you know, he if he puts up a post, I'll always comment on his. And, and it's that mutual sharing. And, and even if you're not in the same sector, you're all really just there to support each other, whether you're looking for work or looking for new business, or you know that you appreciate a comment or engagement on your post. So you're more likely and more willing to do it for others. And it's the best way of getting yourself out there, especially as LinkedIn keeps stopping you sending invitations as well. Right. <laughs> Please follow me back. <laughs> can't stand people anymore and and actually it worked out that you get for everyone who accepts you get one more invitation you can send out which is brilliant and because you don't have to wait for it to be refreshed but you just need people to check their LinkedIn as crazily and as habitually as you do Um, you need people to be on it you need people to be accepting those connection requests you have 15 minutes before I need to send a new invitation out it becomes sort of compulsive I want to talk to you but but it was even, and it was what I thought was then incredible is that people, I guess maybe had more time. I'm not sure what it is, but a couple of people um, were really reading in between the lines of my post and saying, what I love about you is that you're pushing past your comfort zone. And I can see you're trying really hard to be vulnerable. I can actually see that that this doesn't come easy for you. I'm sort of a contradiction in personality where I'm quite confident and outgoing, but actually incredibly insecure. And um 
I was joking with girls in the office today because I was like, I've been here a week and I still don't know how to open the fridge. Um, and nobody's done it. So I, every time somebody goes in the kitchen, I watch to see if uh, how they open it because I'm tugging at the thing and it's not opening. I was like, there's got to be a knack with it. And I'm just stupid. Um, everyone just goes in there and totally opens it. So I'm like, oh, they've loosened it for me. I'll go in, can't pull it open. So my lunch is now sitting in the drinks fridge because I can't open the one for food. Like, Did you not know how, how the coffee machine, did someone show you the coffee machine? <laughs> no, because I asked her to. And she said, oh, does anyone want a coffee? And I was like, how fortuitous that you have asked. I would love a beverage. And then um, I thought, yes, she's going to finally, I'm going to watch her do it. She used the kettle. And I was, I was devastated. <laughs> I was like, this was my moment. I watched him fill it up with coffee pods. And I still have no closer to getting that Starbucks. But I know it's there for me. <laughs> but it was like on the first day, I was trying really hard to catch this girl's eyes because they did a tour of the office in like, you know, they barrage you with people's names oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but really, all you're thinking of the thing that I need to know is where's the toilet, where's the kitchen, not who these people are. I'll get there. And I could see people going off into this room, but there was no marking on the door. And I was trying so hard to catch this lady's face. I was like, can you just look at me so I can ask you if that is in fact a toilet or another corridor? What the hell? Where's everyone going? Like, And it took like a full half hour. You know, you have that moment of desperation. You're like, I really should just ask the person sat next to me. But I don't want to compare that idiot. So you have that 20 seconds of weakness and you're like, if I took my lunch break, I could just go out the bushes. And I'm like, no, 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 just ask where the toilet is. Like, <laughs> I told my colleague this today and she was like, you're something special. Like, <laughs> I was like, of course they've got toilets here. Of course they've got the correct facilities. Just man up and ask the question. And it goes but too I, long eventually, doesn't it? Like it will get like six months in and you still may not have figured out the coffee machine. Oh, yeah. But at that point you can't ask. Like, no. <laughs> I'm getting to this zone already where I've now told about six people that you still can't open this fridge. No one has said, Tessa, just come with me in the office. Let me show you how to open this fridge. They're all just doing it behind my back because I have literally my back to the fridge area. So I have to wait to hear the footsteps. Like They're just doing it with ease. I have tugged at this thing. I have moved it from out under the counter and everything. Can't get the damn thing open. And I thought, oh, it's identical to the one next to it in where the label is and everything. So I was like, if the one on the left opens the left-hand side, it must be the same. No, it isn't. I watched the girl do it today. It's, it, it's the opposite. But the sticker's on the same side as the other one. And I was just like, you know what? I'm fine with the drinks fridge. We're good. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm not bringing in food. That's to go in the fridge if I can help it. Like, sandwiches for me. Like, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I know, I'm so special. But it is one of those things where you're just like, you're so afraid of acting anything less than this, like, hardcore professional who's ready for business, yeah. totally in the mode for work, um, that actually you forget very basic things like, where's the toilet or because that's that's not a professional question to ask on your first day you're hoping that it's really obvious or that you can sort of sneak away but the way that our office works is like a team on one end of the building and team on the other there is no way that you can try and sneak around the business without anyone seeing you and I thought I'm, I'm gonna feel really stupid if that's a corridor for something else and I'm not supposed to go down there I was like I didn't see the toilet <laughs> you just hope it's the thing people point out to you right you really do like it's, it's a st but I do think was, most people forget on the introduction tour of where yeah. the bathroom is. yeah they take those kind of things for granted which is ironic because it if you're a nervous person it's your first day in the office the first thing that you're going to do is need the toilet <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 
massively derailed the conversation but yeah like that was the conversation that I had with my colleagues today and I just like even little things like um guys is there a special trick with the phone and they were like no you just pick it up and dial so no because like some places you have to put a nine in front of yeah, it or whatever before you dial out that stuff, yeah so they sort of looked at me like it's just a phone just dial like you normally would on your mobile and I was like do you know what yeah I should have just assumed that it weren't like a normal phone but I'm so skeptical <laughs> I was like I'm just gonna ask first because they want to do it wrong and be like uh the phone's broken like hey you didn't dial properly <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> instinctively I almost put the nine first and I was like do you know what it's, it's not worth it let's just ask but they did all look at me like I was some sort of Martian like what do you mean put a nine in front of the phone number what's wrong with you like, yeah sorry it, right <laughs> and they probably haven't for a really long time but when you come from another organization where you have nine <laughs> for an outside line and then all of a sudden you don't have to do that it's like what <laughs> but it's and it's and it's really funny and it's you know again it's that whole fear of of not appearing to be what your employer is looking for and and being so worried about this perception and whether or not you're up to the task I mean my 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 job currently doesn't require me any skills in locating the facilities I'm not a facilities manager so it doesn't matter if I don't know where stuff is like it doesn't matter but you're like so much like yes I'm 29 years old and I should be able to locate a bathroom on my own and open a fridge and like it's just little things like that that you sort of take for granted but um but yeah, and it's and that feeling that out of place and feeling, you know, I've I've worked in positions before where for the first three months no one spoke to me and I tried my darndest to get in with somebody. You know, like you try and you pick off each team member and when you're alone, you're like, So, how long have you been with the business? What yeah. did you do before? And you try and do the whole like backstory thing. They were like, I've always been here. And you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's really charming. But again, like, and, and it's that you're trying so hard to fit into what you think you're supposed to and and like I said I come over quite confident quite bubbly but in those moments I'm like I'm not going to talk when everyone's around like even I don't know how much I should say because I sound like an idiot when I say it out loud but um we don't have an, an echo or an Alexa or anything else like that and I'm always like again been there a week it was only today everyone went in a board meeting in a separate room and I was like Alexa can you play a song please because it was so deadly quiet and I was like clearly don't know how to use one we don't have one because we've got small children so they would just harass this thing until it just ignored us anyway <laughs> but um I, I stood there and then it like after one song it was finished I was like oh, I've got to find an excuse to go in the kitchen again to go and like put the damn music on you're like I'm just gonna look like I'm just walking backwards and forwards like I really have nothing to do because they can minutes. only see my head above the monitor <laughs> just walk. <laughs> and then like, like I'd obviously missed a step so I was going Alexa volume five and she didn't listen and I was just like oh, I'm just gonna have to walk back again because I didn't want to do it loud enough that everyone can hear so it's still as quiet as it was before but I'm not shouting it twice I'm just gonna go sit down and listen to my whispering music in the background oh oh dear I <laughs> <Are you> special <laughs> goodness my my kids are going to be like, mom, you come with, like, you're so together. You tell us all the time what to do. I was like, I'm just as much of an idiot as like your 19 year old, like uncle. Like you're it's only like, just all of this stuff. So and special. I think this is what, when I obviously stalked you on LinkedIn <laughs> and Love it. this is what Love comes it. through, right? Like you are not like you go through everything everyone else goes through, 
but yet however much you say you're self-conscious you find the courage to just put it out there <laughs> like hey listen to me <laughs> and everyone else is feeling the same everyone else is going through that yeah. you know when they start a new job oh where is the bathroom how do you use the coffee machine <laughs> like, that, that all that how do you pick up the phone like all of that yeah. becomes like it's a normal process and yeah like it's a learning thing right like you don't just walk into yeah. a brand new office and suddenly like know where everything is like some people may behave as so though they're that confident as so they know yeah. where everything is yeah the reality is they don't and you just have this amazing ability and what I've seen through LinkedIn to just come out and say it and like literally your energy and your personality like jump <laughs> the PC screen at you and you're like oh yeah Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um it's it's something that I've always tried to live by um where you know it's about being honest and transparent and sometimes people are completely taken aback by it and they're kind of like I can't believe you just told me that and I said actually it's actually a lot easier to just be up front and stuff and admit mistakes or admit what's going on and and to just to say it um then to what did I tell this person this I can't remember what I told them like how much should I say what and like even you know your question to start about where you made redundant no I was fired no out out front you know I was fired it was it was job fit on both sides and I think we're so worried about reputation damage and what we should and shouldn't say especially in Britain you know where we're very reserved and and um and one thing I find is that I will outwardly admit pretty much anything I'll answer any question in any much detail and um and you find that people end up doing the same the more honest that you're willing to give of yourself the more that you're willing to be vulnerable for them and people started like you said noticing it in my post as well the more that people will come back to you and and they'll start telling you their life story or you actually in some of the people that I've interacted with you start seeing that personal thing coming through in theirs like some people think oh just sharing a video of me playing with my kids is a personal post and it is but to admit that you've had a really bad year or that your mental health has suffered or that is that beautiful expression isn't there where I look like everything's together but inside my shoe my sock has slipped off it's that kind of mentality that you try you know the one we've all worn wellies like that we've all worn wellies where we could just and nobody takes the welly off to readjust the sock no no you, you just, just keep walking and it just gets more you just keep walking <laughs> and then and then you take your welly off and your sock is either around your toes completely all rolled up or it's somewhere in the welly like it's just not on your foot anymore and it's that whole thing of we're uncomfortable things aren't going right rather than stopping and readjusting and seeing whether or not we can make things better for ourselves we just carry on it's that keep calm carry on and I love that expression because it was so popular but actually um sometimes you can't just keep calm and carry on it's you're panicking inside or you're overwhelmed and actually you can't carry on it's more important and it maybe it's an age thing as I've got older or maybe it's this particular journey that I've taken after the two jobs and that enlightening moment of just trying to be a bit more relaxed and say Do you know what the right position will come along but it's more important that it is right that you like people said to me, you know, are you going to go for full-time or part-time? And I said, I'll ask for either. I'll tell them exactly what my personal life requires me to work. If I've got the kids and I want to do the school pickup, I'm going to tell them. I was like, you know, there are plenty of people on this network to talk to. If one of them doesn't want to offer me something more flexible, somebody else will. 
and it was funny because at the time I met um the, the chap who's become my boss I, actually they were starting to get a few more interviews coming in and people having chats and actually it's just the great thing about networking is before I even knew that that's the kind of the route because he initially said like I just want to introduce you to my network I'm not sure what we've got for you um and we had a bit of a backwards and forwards and and actually when he sat in that zoom it was such a relaxed conversation because neither one of us had those expectations neither it didn't feel like an interview so it you didn't feel uncomfortable you were just yourself and in actual fact after that meeting he was like do you know what I could really see you working here I could see this being a fit let me have a talk let me decide where we might be able to fit you in and and hiring by personality and seeing the potential in somebody and where they fit into your organization is a hell of a lot more successful than technically on paper you should be able to do this job because you've been doing this job for 30 years but actually when you get into this environment you might be a completely corporate individual and these are people who sit you know half in their pajamas with a puppy running around the office and do you know what I mean it's that kind of thing that you you there's only so much you could even get from an interview that you know you, you jump through hoops and you you've got to find that culture fit because you might be able to do data entry for the next 30 40 years but if you're not happy because of the people around you or the environment isn't right you might be really good at your job but you're miserable and it's and it and it's having that patience to kind of just you know just see what happens see what lands and actually to some extent um I, I'm given the freedom to do it but it's kind of when when I found this job and, and when I accepted because I just felt like it was going to be a good fit and I really got on well with um with the guy who was going to be my boss you kind of feel a bit sad that you're not going to do all that that networking and stuff because you kind of get a buzz for it and I said to him I was I don't really want to stop doing it like because once you pu push past that comfort zone mm -hmm. it's very easy to to go completely back into being a hermit and okay right now I'm corporate so I'm not going to focus on anything else because those skills still need to be developed. And if you push past it, you don't want to lose them. And um, and the, the skills that I've gained on LinkedIn, the experiences that I've had and the people that I've met, you know, six months ago, three months ago, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I wouldn't have, you know, done a live yesterday with, um, with a couple of guys and stuff like that. There's so many opportunities that are totally random that come out of just being yourself and and being comfortable enough just to share um and you you learn such incredible things about people you know and 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 I love this whole oh it's not Facebook guys stop being so personal in here because you're like actually um it's not about your CV or who have you done business with before it's do you click with this person have you got a genuine connection and and actually it's it's become more relaxed where you're waiting for the connection, the right connection, as opposed to I need a job. And it's and being a bit more relaxed in your approach. Yeah. And I, I do agree. It's not Facebook, but it's not Facebook from my perspective in the sense <clears throat> the community is real on LinkedIn mm. and it is about that connection. It's we're saying it's not about vanity metrics, right? Like we all love it where we wake up in the morning. We're like, yes, a thousand people have just watched my video. <laughs> like that's the, we want that. Like, whatever. Yeah. A hired wife, yeah. earth human, we want that. Yeah. But it is a genuine connection where maybe it's just how I've been using Facebook. And I use Facebook for my business, but I get far mm. less genuine connection. That's really interesting. On Facebook. And it's the, it's also 
I find that on Facebook, people are actually more hard sell, which you would think is LinkedIn, right? You would think on LinkedIn, people are more hard sell. That's so interesting. I found people, you know, we just come and have chats like this and magic. (laughs) And this isn't about me selling to you that I'm an amazing life coach. I can help you out. Like, I don't think in our journey at all that I've said to you, come and work with me. And I like being able to do that. I like being able to help and support and give free value yeah about that kind of hard underline and it's that trust that when you meet the right person when you make the right connection then that's going to be business mm. for you or that's going to be a job for you or that's going to be a connection to someone else that you really need to meet where mm. on Facebook when you start using it from a business perspective <clears throat> very quickly turns into oh you're not going to buy for me I don't, I don't want to I don't want to work with you yeah the amount of people yeah. who sell Bitcoin on Facebook is somewhat bizarre. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to invest. I don't. <laughs> my profile, I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then I, and I always, they don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not interested in Bitcoin. But it's, it, for me, it's Forex on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always getting offered Forex. You can see them a mile away as well. It's, it's more helpful when people are honest in their headlines. Um, yes. Actually, we're all talking about making them weird and wacky and all this sort of thing. Actually, I would just like you to tell tell me that I, you're somebody I'm going to ignore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, <clears throat> one thing I will say about LinkedIn, um, and I think probably because it's a business network, it works this way. But business is very much founded on your success and your failure and riding the highs and lows. Yeah. And actually, LinkedIn, because it is all professionals mostly um, on the network actually that support is there because everyone's been through that peak and everyone's been through that trough and you are now on this kind of journey together you're both getting something out of it you're engaging with each other but also um when you're having a rubbish day like I've seen like people have post something about how bad their day was and within like an hour they've got like you said that massive list of comments going oh you're amazing don't feel bad about this you know that tomorrow's another day and and all those what are normally sort of business cliches but actually because of the way they're being applied to the situation because of the genuineness the people didn't have to reach out you're not sat in that meeting with them but they chose to and they chose to say you've got a great personality somebody's going to be lucky to hire you or what you're doing is incredible I love that post because it's changed my perception on something or it's really resonated with me and it's and it's seeing people actually really genuinely having a response as opposed to doing it like you said the vanity metrics is lovely um it's a great ego boost but actually the posts that you the posts that you tend to care about are the ones that perform the worst yeah, yeah. um and if you get too to, too hung up on it then um you'll make the same content every time hoping for the same reaction and it does take a long time to get out of that habit when actually you just post what you want to talk about and if it gets traction it does and if it doesn't it doesn't um but you needed to say that that day that's what you planned to say or you were reactive to what was going on on the social media platform and um and you put in your thought and there's nothing wrong with that and again there's again this whole thing of oh don't sell to me you know let me just come to you and all this sort of thing but that's a business network you open a business magazine you go on a business website they're always trying to sell you something that is and we're all trying to pretend that's not what we're here for because everyone is aware but we are yeah whether we're selling ourselves for a job or we're selling a service 
you know, there will always be that uncomfortable point where you have to, you, you kind of have to ease people over it because you are more careful because there's this great awareness of pitch slapping and, and going in with these cold emails and stuff like that. So actually in some ways, you know, you know kudos to people like yourself where you, you are generating business this way because I definitely can see it's getting a lot harder to 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 kind of get over that hump of okay we've been friendly but could we turn this into a business connection and I'm absolutely in awe of people who've managed to grow their business that way because um that takes so much bravery and courage to be able to do and you have to be so sneaky now about it (laughs) because everyone is reviewing your post going where's the sell where's the pitch like they're expecting you to because they know you've got a business and it's and it's almost that naivety of people saying no no I've just come on here for seven and a half hours of chatting and commenting on other people's posts of course of course part of that right (laughs) I mean that's why I'm on it now but but it's that whole thing of it becomes quite an uncomfortable taste in people's mouth but this is the platform if and if if more than others where you're going to find your client base because you will very quickly be able to see through people's posts or their career direction or the fact that they've been open to work for a while that they genuinely need some professional help by this point and and I mean how do you do it how do you what are some of the things that you do to kind of get over that because you're not a pushy you're not a pushy you're not a pushy hard selling type person so no I mean it's, it's a long play game for you I presume yeah and that's that's the thing so for me and, and not just me, sales makes me feel really icky. What do you do for me? It really does make me feel icky. Like I, I want to show up on LinkedIn and be myself and add genuine yeah. value. If only one person gets something out of a video I do, I've won. Like if that one message helps one mm. person, I am okay with that. And then this is probably a bit out there. I'm a life coach. I trust in the universe, right? So the right people are going to resonate with me. Mm -hmm. My profile is very clear what I do. I am a coach. I help under 35s figure out what the hell they want to do with their life, right? Yeah. That's what I do. That That is my thing. LinkedIn is amazing because, yeah, generally speaking, people hate their job. So that's yeah. why it's a platform for me because you can build up, you can find out what's going on for people. You can jump into people's mailboxes and say, hey, I noticed X, Y, and Z. Just want to give you a few tips. Do you mind? And mm-hmm. you know, one girl at the moment, she messaged me like out of the blue and it was just incredible. And she was like, I've just decided to quit my job because I, it doesn't work for me. Like, And she's so self-aware that she was in this environment that was wrong for her. But now she's so mm. terrified that she doesn't have a job. And yeah. it's not selling to her. I just sent her a whole bunch of questions to help her figure out, to give her the headspace to figure out, okay, well, yeah. what was it about that job? Because I think, like you said earlier on, so often we know something's wrong, but we actually don't know what that something is. And being mm. able to figure mm-hmm. out that something is really powerful. And if I can do that through very little time, um, I don't mm. <laughs> in a day it may look like I do but I really don't <laughs> um, I'm I'm cool with that and eventually I know karma the universe it will all come back around and people will start yeah. going ah oh, 
she actually knows what she's talking about <clears throat> oh you know the other month when I was really struggling she's the person mm. that you know gave me that little bit of motivation she's and yeah. you just kind of stick in people's minds in I like to feel in a more positive way and like I have no objections to people trying to sell me stuff on LinkedIn yes do not sell me bitcoin if you were listening to this no more bitcoin do not want <laughs> it um <laughs> But I get it. Like it's a selling platform. We're there for different reasons. Like you went on yeah. it to get a job. So you went on it to sell yourself, to sell your talent, yeah. to sell your personality. I go on there to sell my service. But at the same time, I'm selling myself. I'm selling my, like yeah. the intention behind it. We're all there for a reason. Like some people are on it because there's, I don't know if this is taken off in the UK just because of what's going on, but there's a few challenges going on here around having a hundred coffees with strangers but there's a reason why you're doing that why are you having a hundred coffee with strangers like there's a purpose you're hoping one of them will buy you one (laughs) it's intrinsically selfish right the reason we're on social media platforms is intrinsically selfish like yeah we all dress it up in a different way and we all do it in a way that works for us Mm. and that is cool because that is how our personality comes out but that is also how we're going to attract the right people yeah. so if you are a hard seller and you're on linkedin and it is working for you that's cool because the right people are going to resonate with that where if yeah. you're like me and it's like oh i just want to help you and be your friend yeah <laughs> that's gonna work for me too because that's my personality yeah. that's who i am and it's like you you know you went on tiktok mm. to do your videos to show your personality and that's what got you where you are now that's what's landed yeah. you your job because you just went this is me yeah yeah yeah. Our uniqueness and, is powerful. Yeah, and I think um, there are so many, there are so many parts of the platform, like we said, where it's really supportive. And I think, um, and 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 where I feel people like you will be very successful um, if you're not already. I don't know. Um, it's never really been a conversation that we've had, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> it's that genuine desire to help people to see that someone is struggling have that intuition to read between the lines of their posts or their inactivity suddenly activity you know we we become so used to certain people yeah. you know commenting or whatever that we notice when they're not there yeah. and um and it's that that genuine need to help people that genuine desire to make someone's day better and I have the life mantra it, it it's quoted from a film and it's much longer but essentially it's this is that you you leave people in a better state than you find them yes and I've spent hours talking to people going through various difficulties and things like that because at the end of the day we're all just human beings you know rather than what we're there to sell who we're there to sell you know what kind of service whatever it is we all have that need and especially during lockdown where people were inevitably going to be more lonely more isolated we needed that human connection and it may be that somebody you sent a really nice email or a comment to six months ago will be in a much better headspace and they won't have forgotten that kindness it's the kindness that people don't forget it's that personal and genuine interest and actually to some extent the more that you show of that and the more that you can show somebody you are invested in them as a person, not in their wallet potential, um, the more that they're going to remember that actually you have the opportunity to sell. It might even be, I know I've done it to people where I've, I've played into the hand of what would be the ideal sales conversation. And I put myself in that position to be like the perfect person to sell to. And some people either expect you that you're playing the game and you're not really interested in buying or 
they will then get over that hump because you've given them that interest but actually you know even if you didn't take the opportunity to sell to them they're kind of then like completely taken aback I've had people where they've just like okay thanks for the conversation and you're like what that's it you didn't try and sell me anything like what's going on I have no idea what's just happened and you're then curious as to why they've taken that time to talk to you and then you're like okay so tell me what it is that you do and it's it's always the personal interest and kindness that comes first that's it and um and I can imagine that's why um you know you're you're able to offer the service that you do because you've always and I've seen it in the the comments that you've made on my post and and the type of content you're putting out there um it will be like this beautifully written post about things that people want to talk about or too afraid to say about self-esteem and self-sabotage and fear of leaving and career changes and the conversations people don't want to have and it may just be a simple line at the bottom like just drop me a dm or it you know because your post has added so much value in what you've been able to put out there and the thought that you've put into it that naturally if it's resonated with somebody they're going to get in touch why wouldn't they and and you know it's seeing your name and the way that you are commenting on other people's posts and the way that you're interacting just the way that you're using LinkedIn is incredibly powerful because it's it's just genuine it's just you've seen someone's video or post and 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 you'll put a thoughtful comment in there you're not oh that was great but have you seen the content that I'm pushing out or have you done this which I'm starting to see more and more it's just genuine it's just genuine and I think it's lovely and it's and sometimes I may miss a post but I love your content when it comes out because it is just it just comes from a genuine place Mm. and it and it's so entirely clear and transparent that you aren't there to sell of course you want people to engage with you but that's it you want people to engage with you and and you are adding value wherever you can which which is incredible and I think people very quickly lose sight of that nature of LinkedIn and why that is so important. So I love your content. I think it's great. Thank you. It comes in such a good place. But again, it's these <clears throat> again, it's it's this kind of and I get why people are so funny about, oh, do you mind if I just say something nice to you? Because compliments get taken the wrong way. And and actually it's about supporting each other and it's about you know I'm a great believer in if somebody means something to you or they've done something better for your day or you can do something to make theirs better take the opportunity because let's face it we've bought we've all been out shopping and we've seen a a woman wearing an amazing dress or she just looks killer in her outfit and how many times have we gone I really want to tell her that she looks really good but that's so creepy to say so I'm not going to say it and actually then you kick yourself for not taking the opportunity when when you know what, if you've got something genuinely positive to say about somebody or praise where praise is due, just go and say it because you don't know what their day's been like, what the struggle they've been through. You may just be the turning point in their day and, and where you where you make these personal comments, um, where you've noticed something and you're praising people for being brave or, you know, you're praising people for being honest and just putting the content out there. That's, that, that makes people's, that makes people's day. It doesn't matter if you get anything out of it otherwise and and it's that it's that ability to spread joy just by just by being a human and caring on a on a network where it's very easily removed so yeah and I don't know like I kind of approached it with the 
I'm one of those annoying people. So before we jumped on this podcast, we talked about going out for walks and stuff like that. And now there's a million people yeah. there. Not so much. <laughs> so much. The hometown, Odessa and I grew up in the same place. So it's, um, I always try and say good morning to people or I'll smile at them while I'm on my walk, which um, some people are really like, oh, oh. And they don't know what to do when you say good morning. They're not really sure. They're not sure if they can say good morning back or if they nod or some of them walk with their face down and don't even acknowledge it. And I'm like, the way I feel about it, especially now in this time we're currently in, me being able to say good morning to that one person, maybe the only other voice they have said to them that day that is directed at them. Like if they are working from home and they live on their own, why would you not why would you not do it and I guess I've kind of taken that approach with LinkedIn of actually people are there they're being raw they're being genuine they're sharing their lives they're asking for support why would you not say hey you're doing a good job keep doing what you're doing because yeah that might be the only kind interaction they have all day and if that can just put a smile on someone's face like that's that's it's perfect right and and I think um again because it's become such a long play game to get a sale or to get business moving if you wanted to do it that way you'd be doing a pay-per-click campaign or you'd be doing that genuine ad sale type harassment um but LinkedIn doesn't allow you to do that you have to make a connection you get stopped from harassing people you know you you can only you can only do so much to be that aggressive form of person and actually finding more and more that those people aren't really using LinkedIn um, or they're there. So you've got a page of reference, but it is becoming more a personal, connective, supportive um, means of communicating with people wherever they are in the world. You know, you're in Australia, I'm in the UK. I've had talks with people in America at strange times of the day and stuff like that. And it's just, you used to think that connections could only be in your sector or only in your country, or only in your county, or whatever, and it doesn't really matter, because wherever you are, you can add value to somebody else's journey, and they can add value to yours, and it's about having that, that ability to just be honest, and, and, and transparent, and being totally upfront. because when you let people in, you know, they let you, you into their lives, and, and we, we all feel much better at the end of it. Like you said, it's sometimes people haven't had anyone else to speak to, or they're having a rough time, and they don't feel like they can talk to their partner or somebody like and it's that almost that safety in having a sort of stranger in your messages that you can just be totally yourself with and just say you know what I'm not coping very well and knowing because we're all there 24 7 we all we hate to admit it but we are all on LinkedIn 24 7 once you're using it properly and you get addicted to it because you see its value People who aren't on LinkedIn very often just don't see its value. They really don't. And they're not engaging properly because when you start to engage and you get this toing and froing and stuff like that, you become addicted. Mm-hmm. So they're the people to spot. If they've not been active for two days, they're not using LinkedIn properly. Um, but it's that you, you know that you've got this instant contact with somebody that if you try to phone them, they'd be in work. They'd be too busy. But on a laptop or on a phone or whatever, it's just that little bit easy to reach people and and it's become incredibly powerful for that reason so yeah it is definitely my favorite social media platform it's definitely up there now um 
mostly because if you go on Facebook, you end up adopting a dog or something, don't you? <laughs> that is actually genuinely the only reason I signed up to Facebook. And it was only in December that I signed up. I've held out for 28 years and I was like, I was looking for a rescue dog. And um, that's why I joined Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely way to end the podcast. I think you summed <laughs> up, like, obviously the rusty dog situation, but I just loved how you just spoke about LinkedIn and the power yeah. of that network. So it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you. It was an amazing opportunity. I'm really grateful to be able to speak and to meet you and um, to have this conversation it's been wonderful thank you so much thanks for listening to finding success on your own terms don't miss out on new episodes released every wednesday if you enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe to finding success on your own terms on apple podcasts to stay tuned for upcoming episodes projects and news follow elizabeth houghton on instagram at southern full potential and connect with her on linkedin at linkedin.com slash in slash Elizabeth Coach. Discover your full potential and find out more about how you can change your life today at southernfullpotential.com.